talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum. This is the Potential Podcast. Well, hello and happy new year from the Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host, Taylor Sokol. Well, folks, can't believe it. Here we are already, a new year, 2022. Uh, Crazy to think, you know, because 2021 definitely was a year where we did get to feel somewhat of a new normal again. You know, a lot of things were back open, uh, especially for us on this podcast. A big thing is going back to the movies, and that was a huge part of last year, was actually returning to theaters. But, of course, the streaming industry has really boomed. TV shows become a huge hit as well. Uh, video games, you know, we got to go back to theme parks, museums, concerts. I mean, it was a big year. And that just means that hopefully 2022 will be an even bigger year, Taylor. But, uh, you know, we have a lot to look forward to this year on the podcast. Of course, we will be starting our official season three in March. We'll have more details on that in the following weeks. But we thought, you know what, let's start off the year with this little bonus episode with our most anticipated TV shows and movies of this year. Because, boy, apart from things that are returning for new seasons, we got a lot of big stuff coming up this year. This could be, I think, one of TV's biggest years in terms of streaming. Oh, I, I agree, especially more specifically TV shows. So I thought, perfect, we'll, we'll jump into TV shows right off the bat, and um, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. So right off the bat, you know, one thing I will say about TV shows is very interesting, and I think we've talked about this several times. This is my opinion, really, and I think you share the sentiment, is that we've noticed in storytelling terms, TV shows are becoming a better medium uh, instead of these long movies. And I feel like you can have more time for character development, um, you know, backstories, you know, all these kind of things like that. So in that spirit, I'm very excited about that. One of the big shows that I'm really pumped about is coming up on HBO Max. We've got this character teased, well, not teased, but he got us some good spotlight in the second Suicide Squad film. And that is, of course, the John Cena-helmed HBO Max series Peacemaker coming up here uh, very shortly. I'm very excited about this. I think you both and I both agreed that he was definitely a huge star. John Cena has become, I mean, starting humble beginnings as this amazing, uh, you know, f- fighter and wrestler, and then to you know do a lot of his action. But he's come really been a comedic figure in his own right, and I think his character in the Suicide Squad was not only great to watch action wise, but hilarious. Well, it was a great parody of that Captain America wit that we're used to uh, that we've seen through Chris Evans. Of course, that's a Marvel character. But Peacemaker really is kind of almost almost to the point of the boys in terms of like a humorous take on that whole American energy. But the point that he he strives for peace, but he also murders for peace. Yeah, exactly. That's the comedic irony, if you will. But uh, yeah, that, that looks like a good show. And that's coming up right here in January. So not too long for it to wait for that. Uh, I have to say, you know, kind of going off off the comic book world, uh, one I'm very excited for. That's going to be coming out on Disney Plus later this year. You know, we have a slew of these new Marvel shows we've been used to this last year. We're getting a bunch more this year. But the one I'm most excited for of that bunch is Moon Knight, starring Oscar Isaac. Moon Knight is, you know, again, as we've talked about uh, in the past, it is funny how that Marvel and DC, for these two giant entities of the comic book world, there is a lot of characters that have similar powers that are, you know, different costume, different name, different, you know, background. 
but there's always one character that's like, oh, that's kind of that version of this character. Moon Knight, from all I understand, is somewhat of the Marvel version of Batman. Uh, so I don't really know anything about this character. I've never read anything about the comics, and I want to go into it very fresh. We got like a quick 40-second teaser on Disney Plus Day last year. So I'm assuming we'll get a proper trailer at some point this year, but all these big Marvel movies coming out, it's exciting to see. They're still really pumping out some great shows, and we just had Hawkeye, which was a, a, a huge hit, I think, in my opinion i really enjoyed it so i'm excited for moon knight coming out later this year same same very excited about that now you know speaking of uh returning things you know i've been pumped about and i think because of the pandemic we're going to talk about a lot of this but everything's been pushed back everything's been delayed some things have been canceled together which is a shame but one show i know we're very pumped about is of course the return of one of my favorite kind of sci-fi and ode to the classic 80s, you know, childhood movies is that, of course, of Stranger Things. I am so psyched about this. It left with such a such a bit of a kind of a cliffhanger, but not really. It could have almost ended as it won, but it was so such teased um, of what was to come. But um, I'm really excited about Stranger Things coming back. Well, it's also been, I think, the longest break between seasons. You know, we had season four come out in 2019, if I remember correctly. And, yeah, you know, the pandemic hit. And so a lot of things have been pushed, not only for the release date, but also for filming. So it is exciting that we are finally getting Stranger Things Season 4, I think, coming up here in February on Netflix. And it did leave off some big cliffhangers. And, you know, it's one of those shows where I don't think I can't see the show going on for several more years. I think, you know, one or maybe two more seasons will wrap it up. Well, you know what they said, they, the, the helm, the brothers who have helmed the show, they said they're looking at five seasons total. So this will be the fourth season. Good amount. A, yeah, a, yeah. And I think we've seen that in a lot of series that usually by the fourth or fifth season, it starts kind of peaking. And, but what's great about these shows is there's not long episodes. And I think you and I agree, especially with our attention spans, if you can condense the story shorter, we're going to enjoy it more. And there's a lot more to, to pack in. Exactly. Well, speaking of shows that are returning that, I think you and I, a show that we've absolutely fell in love with, uh, it is bonkers, it is wild, but it takes the comic book uh, you know, style genre and really spins it into a much more mature, funny, raunchy, but still with some great action and adult content. Uh, we're excited that finally this year we are going to be getting back season three of The Boys on Amazon Prime, which... Also kind of left off with a, a couple of cliffhangers at the tail end of season two, uh, which we got to watch together. came out uh, in 2020 when I came to visit you. And uh, again, we've had to wait a little while for season uh, three here, but excited for this one because especially, you know, we've been teased that the, the seven that are in the boys are somewhat parody heightened versions of the Justice League. But now we're going to be getting what is kind of more the parody, you know, comic book from the boys of the Avengers, uh, you know, tease with the Captain America figure and all that. So I'm excited to see the mix in of those characters where the show's going to go. And of course, uh, I think you and I both have a fan favorite of Homelander being just one of the best characters on TV, period. A you know? Anthony Starr, just all incredible actors around, but he just of, of villains of uh, these dimensions he just is just great and just to see that and i think it's on a personal note it's like one show that you and i binged all the way together like we both watched it. so that was i was really excited on a personal note to watch that so yeah very excited about that 
you and I, I think we, we had an episode dedicated to sports movies. We didn't talk about uh, sports shows. One thing I'm very interested in, especially, the you know, the power of, you know, these, this, you know, humorous takes on shows. I'm really excited. And going back to HBO Max, uh, the series uh, coming up called Winning Time. You know, this is kind of Boogie Nights meets Showtime uh, Lakers. And this is, of course, you know, fan favorite director Adam McKay, who we know it knows how to do a great kind of parody, great kind of comedy. And it just what is depicting the rise of the Lakers dynasty in the late 70s, 80s with this humorous take, you know, showcasing Magic Johnson and all that. And of course, we've got a great cast of Jason Siegel, Adrian Brody, Sally Field and John C. Riley, who is just not only great comedic, but also great dramatic actor. So I'm very excited about what this is going to be like on HBO Max. Well, uh, continuing the HBO Max uh, world, because they have really just been uh, kicking butt with these new shows. One I think we're both really excited for to see is because it's a video game series that we deeply love. We are getting later this year. Uh, we don't have a confirmed date of exactly what point. I'm assuming probably later in the year, but it has been slated to be 2022. We'll be getting the adaptation of The Last of Us onto a uh, you know live action series, uh, starring Pedro Pascal. Yeah, Pedro Pascal and uh, the um, Bella Ramsey star. And Bella Ramsey, that's right, well. from Game of Thrones. Uh, and this is really exciting because I feel like something that The Last of Us really I think captures is. There's so many zombie movies, so many zombie, you know, video games. And of course, we've had this huge, you know, hit with The Walking Dead, uh, you know, its final season. It's seen that that Last of Us really has a great story to it, it really has these two these characters that really connect. So I'm, I'm excited to see that, you know, the way the video games work is you have the first video game. And then there's a period of time before the second video game. I feel like the show, if it's a success, as it hopefully will be can really branch out some of the stories we don't see in the video games. So it's not just a carbon copy. Obviously, the fans will want to see those moments from the video game apply to the TV show, but there's so much they can explore just from that world based on the series. And so many characters, right? And it's going to be interesting to see the take where it's going to be, I think any kind of post-apocalyptic journey can be very gritty and fun, but there's a lot of these heartfelt moments. And I think you got two great stars who approve their medal. And there's, yeah, there's so, I'm really excited to, jump into this world mythology and whatnot. Uh, speaking of, you know, world mythology and, you know, adaptations, I, we're, I think we're just kind of sticking with the HBO Max team. It just seems like there's a lot so much there. We're really excited about this and kind of it's sad, but, you know, exciting. Uh, this series is drawn to close with only three seasons, and that is of the book two television adaptation of His Dark Materials. Uh, you and I, we both were watched back-to-back -back season one and two, and then reviewed season two, you know, we were pleasantly surprised, really excited about this adaptation of the books that we, you know, came to read and kind of delve into that material uh, of Philip Pullman's. And I'm excited to see, and, and it's a bold choice for a show where you have a good amount of material from books to just like, we're just sticking with this and that's what's going to happen. So I'm interested to see how they're going to close it out. And I thought they've done a very good job, uh, that adaptation from TV to, to film or uh, book, sorry. Yeah, book to TV, better definitely better than the the movie adaptation had done years before. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see how they close it out, especially because uh, those books I never got to finish actually reading all three. So I'm excited to see how the story even ends. Uh, but speaking of one last book to uh, TV adaptation in terms of HBO Max, <clears throat> the last one I got to bring up here uh, for that is, you know, we are huge fans of Game of Thrones even though the last season was the last season, you know, it's like, you can't, it was, it was a letdown. 
it was a letdown in the, in the end, but you know, you look at, you have seven, seven, you know, great seasons in my opinion. And then you have one uh, so-so season with some terrible uh, finale moments, but we're excited to see that, you know, in the, in the span of when George R. R. Martin has still not released uh, his sixth book of his seven book planned series for game of Thrones, he did find time somehow to write uh, this whole kind of historical take on the Targaryens uh, titled House of the Dragon. So we're going to get a whole new show. It's a prequel show, uh, and it's not done by the same you know showrunners that did Game of Thrones. It's a full new team uh, with with HBO, uh, and this is coming out later this year. Uh, so I mean, you know, I think something that people really loved about the Game of Thrones series was, of course. Daenerys, they love the dragons. So to see her family, you know, from years before, really in their prime when there were several dragons, they were the threat of the world. You know, I think there could be a lot that they can delve into. I don't see it being a series that lasts eight seasons like Game of Thrones. I think, again, if they kind of go into it, if it does well, four to five seasons tops, you know, you don't want to overwhelm, you know, overstay your welcome. Uh, but I'm excited to see what they do with that. And it's got a, a good cast so far. So excited for House of the Dragon. Now, I think let's talk about fantasy elements. We're going to jump out of HBO Max. It's like we're not getting spots with them, but hey, maybe HBO Max think about us. Uh, one thing I think you and I are really excited about as well is the Amazon Prime's uh, TV uh, series and focusing on Lord of the Rings. I think we're really excited about this. I thought in terms of storytelling, when we've talked about movies and shows, the movies did a great job packing in not only The Hobbit, but the original trilogy of books uh, of Tolkien's work. So the fact that to do a series, especially we've seen that fantasy shows, you know, like Lord of the Rings and, you know, Witcher and, and all those can do very well. This, I think, is going to be a huge moneymaker for Amazon. It's going to be a winner. Well, it's also uh, the biggest budget I think I've ever heard of for, for anything, not even <laughs> television, anything. for a movie. Oh, wow. Okay. They, they've spent over $450 million for just the first season. Wow. Now, clearly, Amazon run by Jeff Bezos, you know, it's like they have a lot of money. It's one of the biggest companies on the planet. So it's curious to see that hopefully that budget means that it actually went to something worthwhile. You know, Peter Jackson did so well with Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, although heavily used CGI had a lot of heart to it. You know, it definitely was a little uh, over overdone in some areas, but it had the heart and had the good cast. So it's like, is this going to be a full reimagination of middle earth? Are they going to borrow elements from Peter Jackson? Cause Peter Jackson is not involved with this version at all. And this is going to be set in the second age. This is all like, you know, several hundreds of years before even the Hobbit. So I'm excited for like, it's all new material that I, you know, I haven't really read the, Cimmerillion, which does a lot with the history of Middle Earth. It's my most anticipated show for the years because Lord of the Rings is like my favorite franchise of all time. But it is one of those like you watch one episode and if it goes wrong, it's like, ooh, I don't know, you know, because fantasy can be very hit and miss, but fantasy has been doing very well lately. So I'm excited for that. Another one I think I'm really excited for because I mean he's a character that's iconic in both the original and the prequel trilogy, but Ian McGregor really was, uh, I think, a fan favorite from the prequel trilogy playing Obi-Wan Kenobi. We kind of got to follow his journey because he was the one in all three films. You know, like we had Qui-Gon in the first film who doesn't stay, and then we had Anakin. So now we're getting 
this Obi-Wan Kenobi miniseries on Disney Plus, which is going to take place after Revenge of the Sith. It's going to be in that middle area where he's chilling on Tatooine, protecting baby Luke. Uh, and what's going to be exciting is we know that Hayden Christensen is coming back as Darth Vader. So we are teased with they're definitely going to have a duel at some point. So it's just going to be exciting to see, you know, I think Lucasfilm, the movies have not been doing as well lately in terms of crick reviews and fan reviews, but the TV shows, Mandalorian's been a huge hit and we just got Boba Fett started. I think Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to add to that list and be a big hit. So looking forward to that. Yeah, and it's interesting to see where you have this bold choice that you could some material do more than one season, but it's like, nope, we're going to do a mini series and that's it. I think sometimes that's even better because with that material, how much can you do with that? We're going to find out. So I'm very without excited. ruining what's already been set, you know, oh, exactly. Like I, it's always hard to do a prequel or sequel that brings up new material that didn't happen in the original. So it's kind of like, you don't want to, you don't want to change the lineage of the story, but you want to enhance some of the world building. And, you know, there is that big gap of, you know, Luke is born and we kind of estimate that Luke is maybe about 16, 17 when we get to a new hope. So that's a long time that they can cover. You know? I think it was established about 17 years by the time that he was born. So he's in his late teens. Yeah. Now, just briefly, because it's already had started um, by the time that this is, episode's airing, uh, we are really excited about what the book of Boba Fett is going to be as we've established Mandalorian, which we, I'm going to do a little side note here, a little boom, boom, boom. Mandalorian season three. Big excited about that when that uh, comes up. But after Mandalorian season two happened, there was all these spinoffs deriving from that i know that we i don't know you know coming up um not necessarily this year but there's a lot of shows going to be happening slated for disney plus in the world of star wars but i know the book of buffett very exciting because we're bringing this character that only had 17 minutes of screen time in the original trilogy and was a huge fan favorite for years and then when we you know, there was in the expanded universe, Boba Fett survived. And then when we actually got to see him on screen again, everyone was very excited because this character is a badass. So to have Tamara Morrison, who played Jango Fett, to play his clone, very exciting. And, you know, he really got in good shape for this role. And to bring this, we've already had one episode out already. I'm very excited to see what the book of Boba Fett's going to be like, uh, but pretty pumped about that. Now, uh, talk about getting it out of the fantasy element here you know, or sci-fi, I'm interested to see how this is going to play out. Now, there's a lot of these shows that come up that, you know, talk about like real world events. Most of them kind of serious, maybe court cases, you know, a murder mystery. This one is a little bit more of a reverent take and a little controversial, but I think this is part of a huge thing. Hulu's coming out this series uh, about the <laughs> scandal of the, you know, sex tape that had come out of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. And we have this Pam and Tommy. Now, I really wasn't invested in the story came out, but the reason I'm excited, actually interested to watch this is because of the casting uh, choices of this. And no, we're, you know, huge <laughs> fans of this actor. Uh, but we had Sebastian Stan, you know, great um, action star. We have him coming here. As Tommy, yeah. And then we have of the titular role of... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I couldn't say that without laughing. Uh, but we have playing Pamela Anderson is Lily James, who is almost uh, unrecognizable. When I, I saw know. the preview for this, I was like, wow, great. They did some great makeup on her. And, you know, she is one of my like 
uh, Hollywood crushes. And I'm excited to see this is, you know, she's played a lot of these like bold characters or like, you know, kind of the English period characters. And so to see her step into like, you know, this character, Pamela Anderson, it's going to be very interesting. You got like Seth Rogen in there, you know, Nick, Offerman. One of the, Nick Offerman. So I think it's going to be funny. It's going to be uh, a little raunchy, but you know, there's a lot of that story I think can relate to kind of like an I, Tanya situation where it's this, this, you know, period, this big cultural moment of history, see the humor, see the reality in it, you know? Um, so I'm excited for that as well. And speaking of one, that's also, it's more on the dramatic side. It's the one that I've just really loved on Netflix is we are getting Ozark season four, part yes. one. So they are, they're going to do it's season four is going to be the last season of Ozark, which again, I think is a smart choice. It's a show that, it is so stressful, this show, to watch that you can't have it go on forever. But they're splitting up, kind of like they did with Breaking Bad for the last season. So we're getting the first half here in January on Netflix. I'm assuming the second half, either later this year or maybe early next year. Ozark, I mean, Jason Bateman has been this actor that, you know, for years now, I've been like, he's a, a comedy king. You know, he does all these great comedies from Rest of Development on up. And of course, he's Hollywood royalty. I mean, he's been acting since he was a kid but he's really stepped into the directing side of things as well he directs a few episodes each season but this show i mean if you're fans of breaking bad this is a show i think you really enjoy because it is it is intense it's got such a great cast it's shot so well and it's just gripping it's like gritty and like wine it gets better with age as it goes on it continues to get more and it was a huge cliffhanger at oh, the yeah. end of season Speaking three. Of hanger, yeah. So if you haven't uh, watched it, definitely, definitely with catch With a bang, up, yeah. if you will. <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, excited to get into the first half of that uh, coming up here in January. Uh, returning seasons, uh, you know, fans of comedy, I got to mention this because, you know, Chris and I both kind of binge watched this last year. Uh, season two had finished up. Very excited about it. Apple TV Plus's Ted Lasso season three. I cannot wait for this. This has been not only just an Emmy and award-winning show, it has just been an incredible delight uh, to see not only just a refreshing comedy, but just a great message for this sports comedy, I guess comedy drama, dramedy almost. And it will be the last season from what they're telling us. It was always planned as a three-season show, and that is it. But yeah, it's been taking the world by storm. And I think, again, we're kind of getting used to now these shows that are running you know they have their story set they're not going to go overboard with it even if it's a huge hit and it's making them money they don't want to you know they're there for the show and the story not the money well the last show i have that's anticipated for 2022 is uh i think one that can be it'll be a small but mighty uh keyword there warwick davis who has been you know probably in more movies than you probably even know Uh, of course some of his big hits have been he's been in all the star wars or most of the Star Wars movies at some point, starting with Return of the Jedi. That was his first film debut. And Harry Potter and Leprechaun. Oh, Leprechaun. We'll have to do an episode on that this year. Uh, our fan, One of our favorite uh, terrible Halloween movies of all time. But a movie that he did, directed by Ron Howard, when he was uh, you know, just kind of getting into movies, was a movie called Willow. It's this fantasy epic movie. And Disney Plus is bringing Willow as a limited time series here this year on Disney Plus. So I'm excited to see it's going to be him still playing Willow to see this world reimagined now with the technology we have, uh, the characters, the fantasy. And just I think it's going to be a fun family comedy, 
you know, fantasy show. So I'm excited for Willow. And now we're going to move on to our anticipated movies. And hey, with every year, very exciting stuff. And because of all the delays and such, a lot of these movies we were supposed to get much, much earlier. And But now we're going to get them. A lot of my list is going to be some fantasy and some of those superhero ones. So I'm going to jump right in here. Very excited. We got tease at the end of Spider-Man 3. No Way Home, and that is Doctor Strange 2, The Multiverse of Madness. I am so pumped about that, and maybe more excited after that trailer that we got teased. Oh, it looks great. You know, I think Doctor Strange has been a, a, a favorite of mine since Benedict stepped into the character. That first film was amazing. His work in Infinity War and Endgame, No Way Home was amazing. It was just amazing time. It was fun. And to see that now we're going to get really even super trippy, but super dark. You know, we were teased in what if of there is a version of a dark Doctor Strange um, and that's going to happen in this. And, you know, also combining Wanda in there, it's just going to be a really fun time under the helm of Sam Raimi, who directed the first three Spider-Man movies. So I think it's kind of a fun, almost full circle moment here that we're getting him back in the present day MCU. You know, it was very exciting. Well, going on of Marvel, I guess, you know, since we'll just bring it up here, you know, there's going to be three big movies this year. A lot of things were pushed back. I was supposed to have four movies this year, got pushed back. But the other one I'm most excited for this year is Thor Love and Thunder. This will be the second Thor film directed by Taika Waititi. And, you know, none of our heroes of any of the MCU have gone to four solo films. Thor is the first one to get that. But I think after Thor Ragnarok, it really was like the character was redefined, you know, still have the hero there. But there was it was more like, yeah, more energy and just a, a new take, which is challenging, I think, when you go into a third film of a character. You know, by third film, you know, a lot of third films can get, uh, you know, we look at Spider-Man. I mean, look what happened there. Uh, as in Tobey Maguire, No Way Home was incredible. Uh, but, you know, I think Taika really found a great mix of humor, heart and the action and it just kind of yeah it really brought him back to a, a new way which led into infinity war and Endgame. and so to see him now you know we've left off with him being still fat and he's kind of found a new sense of pride again but we're going to have natalie portman back who was teased to be lady thor at some point in that film and another great thing that i'm just like ooh, can't wait to see Christian Bale is going to be the main villain of Thor Love and Thunder. So very excited for that. Now, sticking with the superhero theme, very excited about this film because every this is one superhero that has had multiple versions of live action. And uh, it's interesting to see this one. I think I've gotten more and more excited as the trailers come up. And that is of the Batman. Yes, as we're going to get... A very darker, I think, more grittier version and a more kind of un, you know, um, not polished Batman as he's kind of starting out in his role. And uh, we've seen this actor. I think a lot of people look at this film who have not seen Robert Pattinson's work as recent as of late, that he's proved that he is much more dynamic than people give him credit for. And I think he's going to do something really great for this role. And there's a great, great cast for this movie. I cannot wait. It just looks fantastic. I think Matt Reeves has really found a, a tone for this film that is uh, definitely, you know, taking maybe some clues from uh, Nolan's work. But it, yeah, to see that this is going to be like Batman year two, like he's still 
very untamed. He is brutal. He doesn't have he doesn't have the gadgets as much. His armor is still very like new, and and he gets the crappy out of him. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like just it looks like a blast. And yeah, we got Paul Dano as Riddler. Uh, you got uh, Zoe Kravitz on there as Catwoman, and then you have uh, <laughs> you have Colin Farrell as the Penguin, unrecognizable with this prosthetic makeup. Uh, and Andy Serkis as Alfred. So, you know, and, and, looks... and you got even even Jeffrey Wright playing uh, Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Gordon. And, you know, and he's he's been amazing, especially Marvel's What If. So, well, going off of DC, DC, actually, I, I'm a little more excited for DC Slate this year because, you know, DC kind of they either have a movie each year or it's like they have a big break. And this year they're pumping out a lot of stuff. But the next one I have to bring up is Black Adam. Black Adam is going to be starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. This is a project he has been talking about for several years. He's been wanting to make this movie for several years. Uh, a role he s- says he's been born to play. It's got a huge cast. And this is gonna be, it's going to be interesting because Black Adam is a villain character. So again, we're having this main movie to focus on his character, which then I'm sure will, uh, in future movies, you know, eventually, you know, whether he'll fight Superman or, you know, of course, fight Shazam at some point, Zachary Levi. But uh, the little teaser we got from DC Fandom last year, I mean, it looked awesome. Uh, and I think The Rock has played all these charming goody two-shoe, you know, or like, you know, fun. You know, he's got that fun energy. Everyone just loves The Rock. I'm excited for him to kind of take a deep dive into a more villainous, powerful character. And he has said that some of the action scenes in this movie are the biggest and boldest he's ever done. And from coming from, you know, one of the biggest action stars in the world, I'm excited to see what happens with Black Adam. And uh, and this is my last actually superhero movie of my list. Really excited about, but also you know a little saddened uh, about this. You know we've got what a, a defining movie, not only for superhero movies but I think for representation that was Black Panther. Ryan Coogler did an amazing job. What a great cast and what a you know I think Marvel's done a great job about introducing us characters that you know we. You know, not the the A-list characters that you always think about. And I think it's gotten to more characters that are really excited about it. I never really thought I'd be interested in Doctor Strange and all these. And then Black Panther, I was really great. And this is, of course, because of Brian Greeley's direction, but that of Chadwick Boseman, who unfortunately passed back in 2020. Um, Black Panther, Wakanda forever. We're going to be reading all the cast, but it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to do it because Marvel Studios has said, can find you, that they will not recast uh, Black Panther of T'Challa. And uh, we did get a chance to get a little bit more of T'Challa left in Marvel's What If as he voiced that character. So it was it was bittersweet to have him still present in 2021. Uh, but to have this one, it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, going forward with this you know character and this cast and uh, this world of Wakanda. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with it. But it's going to be very, uh, I think it's their biggest challenge right now in terms of uh, continuing that story. You know, the Black Panther is a symbol, so anyone can be the Black Panther, but they're not recasting T'Challa. So going to be interested to see how they handle that. Well, my next, I actually still have, I have three more actually superhero films uh, <laughs> on my list. Again, superhero films, I think the thing why we look for them the most uh, out of most films is that it's just, if you really get, you know, connected to the character, the actor, uh, and you know kind of a tease of what's to come, it really gets you excited. We just had Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, the first film really in the MCU to handle this big kind of multiverse uh, situation, which is going to continue to Doctor Strange. Well, again, the studios take clues from each other when these movies are uh, time to release them. 
we have coming up this year, the flash, uh, which is going to be really exciting because that is going to be a multiverse movie in the DC universe. Uh, and most exciting, you know, Ezra Miller, I think is a fantastic flash. He's really, really funny. And we're going to have Michael Keaton back as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. And that is just huge, you know, for a year where we're going to have the Batman in it, we're getting the OG Batman. Of course, Adam West, yes, is the OG Batman. But I mean, in terms of films, Michael Keane is, you know, Batman. So excited to see how that what's going to happen with that. And again, just like with, multi, uh, you know, No Way Home, they can really tap into so many different DC universes in the one film. So excited to see what's going to pop up, who's going to pop up in that film next on my list we've you know talking about great directors i gotta give a shout out to this this director has got me into really you know i never thought i would see you know such a comedic actor become this great director of horror and that is of course jordan peele and this very anticipated uh, movie uh is called nope nope and yeah <laughs> n- nope <laughs> uh yeah like nope i ain't gonna see that one. i'm scared this movie is coming up directed and produced by jordan beale uh, in style of you know get out and us he's done a great job diving into the horror films and there's still it's very under wraps nothing's going on there's no trailer out but this is going to be released uh summer of 2022 so Kind of interested to see what's going to happen with this. Although, you know, Get Out, I loved greatly. I had not gotten to see Us. I heard it wasn't as scary, or but still good in its own right. But, you know, Peel's done a great job, and I'm excited to see what comes up with next. Well, speaking of great directors that I think have started to climb the ranks, and we really enjoyed uh, The Lighthouse. You know, The Witch is a very interesting film, and he's got a huge slate coming up. I think he's getting more work now. But one he has coming out this year, Robert Eggers is directing the Northman. Uh, this had a trailer just drop right at the tail end of 2021. It's supposed to come out, I think, April or May of this year. It is a Viking revenge story, and it looks awesome. Uh, it's got a great cast. Alexander Skarsgård is the, the lead. Uh, you got Willem Dafoe, one of his fan favorites. Anya Taylor-Joy, who he's used in a lot of stuff. Uh, it's just, it just looks exciting. It looks very dark, gritty, uh, and to see kind of a historical, you know, we haven't had a lot of Viking element lately, you know, I think, you know, we have Thor in our mind of that, and that's more of the comedic comic book, but to see a more historical take, uh, I'm excited to see what he comes up with, especially because there is still that horror element. Uh, and after The Lighthouse, I'm excited to see anything that man directs. So The Northman. Now, a lot of films, you know, when you have a long standing franchise, it kind of becomes a bit of a joke. It's like, okay, how many more can you make out? What I've been really a huge fan of, especially because the last several films have got me more and more excited, I am a huge fan of the Mission Impossible franchise. And now we have a seventh one, which has been pushed back, of course, and this is into later in the September. This is a third installment from the writer and director, Christopher McQuarrie. Uh, His first two, Rogue Nation and Fallout, were amazing. So for him to come back and direct another one, uh, I've just really enjoyed the franchise more and more as it's come along. I, I went back and watched them all. The last one was amazing. The stunts, really good work. And you know what? I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Tom Cruise's character, Ethan Hunt. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do with this. I think the film has done a great job of making it exciting with the stunts, but not to the point where it's jumped the shark, where certain series, you know, we've seen, I still go back to theaters to watch, you know, Fast and the Furious. But Mission Impossible has done a great job. Would not, you know, defying expectations, but not like to the point of complete disbelief. Yeah, very excited for that because it's it's crazy to think those movies have gotten better 
with age. As they've gone with a well, not only with age, but as they the sequels have been better than the original films. Yeah, for the first one, great, and then second, third, a little weird, but then by the fourth one, it really started to get it stride. It's like they've gone better uh, as they've gone along. So, and I know that right now, I believe seven and eight are kind of a back to back story. So I'm excited to see what they do with that. Uh, well, speaking of a back to back story, we're going to be getting. Uh, you know, a huge hit that we loved was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, now we're getting Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 coming out this year, which means there will be a Part 2. Which I was really blown away when we saw that trailer. I thought, we just won. Part 1? Part 1. So we're getting a two-parter. So I'm assuming Part 2 will come out uh, 2023. Uh, I assume they filmed these back-to-back. But, you know, the interesting animation style, very comic. It pops and, you know, had... Spider-Verse really was a film that I think a lot of people, like I said, when we did our Spider-Man episode, a lot of people, that's their favorite Spider-Man movie. It had the heart, it had the action, it had so many characters, the humor. It was just fantastic and excited to see where they go next with this character of Miles Morales, a little older, now he's a little more experienced. Any Spider-Man can pop up at any point and get more villains and just see where they can go because now they're going to go across the Spider-Verse. Who knows what's going to happen? So very excited to see what they do with part one, where we'll leave off, and then eventually part two, I'm assuming, in 2023. Now, this one's coming up here. I'm interested, you know, full disclosure, folks, I have a weakness for any film, you know, involving tailoring, not just because of my name, uh, dressmaking, you know, uh, you know, 27 Dresses, Cinderella. But uh, this one, I think, seems tailor-made, uh, pun intended, for me and everyone. This is called The Outfit. Uh, so if this is Mark Rylance uh, about a, you know, tailor who relocates to Chicago to find himself caught in a web of mobsters and make suits. So really interesting to see about that because I do love I do love the kind of these more period pieces and such. So when you kind of have these more of a, you know, a bit of original stories, you know, I'm kind of excited about this one. And I saw it looks like a really good kind of action you want and, and not necessarily the stories you hear about. More of these are these are more like the background characters of, you know, films that we usually watch. So, you know, the outfit coming out here in February. Well, one I'm really excited for is is now going to be the third film of its own series. But in the grand scheme of this, it's considered the sixth film. Uh, but coming up this year, we have Jurassic World Dominion. So this will be the third film of a, what you can call the Jurassic World trilogy. We have Jurassic World Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and now Dominion. What's exciting about this one is, you know, all the movies thus far have been really kind of set on always going to an island where the dinosaurs, you know, go rampant and then start to cause chaos. We were teased a little bit when it came to the lost world of, you know, what happens if they come into our world. And that's what Dominion is going to be really exciting for is the fear and the, the terror of, the dinosaurs have been let loose into our world. And so that is no, there's no park anymore. There's no, you know, well, gates. Well, yeah, and, and that was kind of teased both in Lost World, but also Jurassic Park 3. Even though people don't really like that, I still enjoy it where you got the kind of the pterodactyls kind of flying out the distance. So it's been teased, but never really until now. Uh, never explored. You know, we had the whole, yeah, you have the whole San Diego uh, sequence at the end of, like I said, the Lost World, the T-Rex, but. To see all these uh, dinosaurs and, you know, Colin Trevorrow, I think, really has said that, um, you know, what would happen in real life if, you know, humans and dinosaurs existed? The dinosaurs would eat the humans. He's like, they would not be able to survive. So uh, to see, you know, Dominion, uh, you know, taking over, you know, my domain, all that stuff. I'm excited to see what they do. And what's going to be really exciting is, although we had Jeff Goldblum in Fallen Kingdom for a very brief scene, it wasn't really like he was a big part of it. 
the three stars of the original movie are going to be in this film with our new stars. So yeah, Sam Neill, Laura Dern. Laura Dern, okay. yeah. They're all going to be back. So to see how they combine all those characters, you know, with Chris Pratt, with Bryce Dallas Howard in this new franchise, I think it's going to be exciting to kind of, you know, Jurassic Park as a franchise that they definitely could always continue with different stories. But I think this is going to be kind of like, let's combine all into one big movie to kind of end the franchise at this point before we continue maybe to new stories. So I'm excited for Jurassic World Dominion. And this is the last one on my list. Uh, and one I just kind of see, and Chris actually introduced me, you introduced me to this trailer. Uh, I love those kind of really kind of fish out of water stories and kind of when people are kind of out of their element. This one looks like a, a fun, charming, and fun action comedy is that of The Lost City. Uh, we have Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, and we even get Daniel Radcliffe, which he's really kind of come into his own post Harry Potter and Brad Pitt, uh, where Sandra Bullock plays this romance novelist. Uh, you know, and she kind of ends up being kidnapped and kind of it's a very interesting modern romancing the stone kind of story. But I, I think this will be a lot of fun, especially Sandra Bullock is always great in any action or comedy. And Channing Tatum really hams it up, seems like in this one. So I'm, I'm really based on the trail alone. This is probably one of my favorite comedies uh, of this year. Well, the last two on my list, uh, I'll just briefly say, you know, again, with the DC slate, uh, very excited for Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom. Uh, it's going to be a sequel to Aquaman starring Jason Momoa. And to see, you know, that movie, I think, really defied expectations. Uh, Aquaman usually is the one that people, you know, kind of make fun of when it comes to the DC Justice League. But when they cast Jason Momoa, it really uh, brought a new kind of cool badass. Uh, and they they played into the camp of the character in that first film. And it was just bonkers. I mean, that whole last big fight sequence was insane. It was it was like you're watching a space war underwater. It was just crazy. So excited to see what James Wan is going to do with the sequel, exploring a new kingdom we don't know about, and see that character progress is going to be exciting. But the last one on my list, I think, is just one that's going to really, I think, it's going to be fun to watch because it's a new take on a character that we've loved for several, several years, but going to be seen in a way that we've never seen before. And that is of Lightyear. So Disney is you know, with Pixar is doing a new take on the Buzz Lightyear character, but in a kind of what maybe was the thing that the toy was based off. So the way, the way I'm seeing it is it looks like perhaps it's a movie. Like, you know, if you look at what, maybe what Andy, you know, as, as a kid lives in his world, maybe there was a movie franchise of this character Buzz Lightyear that a toy was made off of. And that's what the toy, but it's like a realistic take on this astronaut who assumedly is Buzz Lightyear and to see kind of like a real space world take on that character. Chris Evans has been cast to voice this character. So it's not Tim Allen, which I guess makes sense because you look at Tim Allen would have been maybe the, the cast for the toy. So I'm excited to see if there's going to be a meta moment in that movie at some point where it is like kids are watching a TV series or a movie or if it's all purely just its own thing. Uh, but of course, the tease of, you know, there's going to be aliens. He has like this robot cat. And of course, at some point we will see, I'm assuming, Emperor Zerg oh, in yeah. his true form will be exciting. Um, so that's my last big movie of 2022. But, you know, there's a lot to look forward to this year in terms of TV and movies. I mean, that's kind of the great thing about, even though we are still, 
dealing with the pandemic is there's so much to watch, so much to occupy our time, especially if you have to stay indoors. We've seen a continuation, especially with, as you talked about earlier, streaming, uh, because HBO Max, a lot of the series are doing kind of back-to-back either in theaters and in streaming as well. It's kind of a nice thing that you have the option to figure out. And I think what we're also seeing is even though movies are going to be in theaters, it's not very long until they're ready to be streamed at home. So if you can be patient enough without spoilers and you want to enjoy it from the comfort of their homes, you can. Yeah, we're seeing a new trend. I think this year for a lot of studios, it's only going to be a 45-day window for movies. Like, for example, I know the Batman coming out in March, it will be available on HBO Max come end of April. So if you don't want to go see it in theaters, you will have the opportunity at some point to see it on a streaming platform. But if there was a movie or TV show that you're looking forward to that we did not mention, we want to know about it. So please, you can always reach out to us on our social media, Instagram or Facebook, or email us directly at thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. We want to hear about it. But anyway, folks, thanks for listening today. We're so excited. Got a big year ahead of us. And of course, all the things that we talked about today, we will eventually review at some point on the podcast. Yes, we will. So grab that popcorn, grab that remote and settle in. It's time to enjoy another great year of entertainment. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.